a new week. It is a new week, Chester. You look chipper. It looked like you had a restful weekend. You got yourself re-energized. Looking good. A little cool down now. We've had some really hot weather, as most of you in the country have had, but we had rain. It rained like the devil on Saturday and again on Sunday, and I mean to tell you, we had a thunderstorm like you ain't never seen. We, uh, we had uh, our water go out. Apparently, the pumping station for the city water supply was hit by a bolt of lightning or something, and the electricity went out, so they couldn't pump. So now we're... They, they got the water back pretty quickly. I think uh, we were only without water for maybe three or four hours. But now we're under a boil order. Anyway, we made it, and we're here. And this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast for Monday. June the 21st, 2021. On Mondays, we play a comedy. And we've got a really good one. We really do have a good one lined up today. A classic. Classic. Whoops. Excuse me. Classic show. So what you need to do is go over there and get in your big comfortable chair. Get your feet up and relax. Get rid of the cares of the day. Because we're coming right back at you with this special old-time radio comedy for Monday, June the 21st. late 30s and all through the 40s, uh, a, a pairing, a rivalry, if you would, to equal that of Fred Allen and Jack Benny, uh, was W.C. Fields and Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> now, we'll talk a little bit about it at the end of the show, but they had a duel of wits that was uh, evident in many of their radio shows. They even appeared on other people's radio shows together, and they even made a motion picture together. And uh, you're going to understand why they were so funny. Uh, it, we're going to play now an episode of the Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show that was first broadcast on NBC March 24th, 1946. And W.C. Fields is the guest star. And as they always did, they always started off with a monologue with Edgar and Charlie. And then they went with Edgar and Mortimer. And usually they'd have a musical number. And then the guest would appear usually in the last 10 minutes or so of the show. And that's exactly what we have tonight. And it's very, very funny. 
W.C. Fields is in a sanitarium, (laughs) which is not funny. Not funny. He was, in real life, a serious alcoholic. He didn't just portray one. Uh, That was a problem he really had. But um, they made light of it, and that was the way it was done back in the 40s. But what's really funny is not so much the jokes that uh, Edgar throw that Edgar through Charlie throws at uh, W.C. Fields. It's the replies that he gets about about Charlie being a dummy. That's all I'm going to say. Here it comes from 1946, the Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show with W.C. Fields as the special guest. <laughs> of Chase and Sanborn Coffee bring you the Charlie McCarthy Show. This is Ken Carpenter, ladies and gentlemen, greeting you on behalf of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble and his orchestra, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snurd, Jack Mather, Verna Felton, and our guest for this Sunday, W.C. Fields. And here's Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Charlie, why are you wearing those dark glasses? And what's the idea of that silly mustache? You're, uh, you're mistaking me for someone else, sir. Yeah. I am Maximilian J. Hecklefeather. Oh. Well, just what's the idea of this get-up, Charlie? And stop calling me Charlie, Bergen. I mean, stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I think this has gone far enough, Charlie. Why don't you take off that phony disguise and explain yourself? Well, I'll tell you, the cops are after me. The cops? Yeah. No. Yeah. I tell you, there's a ceiling price on my head. Oh, yeah? <laughs> How do you know that they're after you? Well, you see, I was, uh, I was at the corner drugstore in the payphone section. Yes. Looking for uh, neglected nickels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that why they're after you? No. There was a policeman in the next booth, see? Yes. And I overheard him say, Charlie McCarthy is the one we're after. Oh, ho. Yeah. That sounds bad. Yes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the cops are outside right now. Well, if you haven't done anything wrong, why don't you go out and meet them like a man? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'd rather stay here and play hard to get. Yes. <laughs> Well, my advice to you, Charlie, is... Shh, 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 listen. Did did you hear anything? No. No? No. It's funny, I heard it too. (laughs) What was that, Charlie? Sort of a... Sort of a snapping noise. Snapping? Yeah, like handcuffs. Oh, no, no, Charlie. (laughs) Why don't you calm down? I tell you, if... uh, If they lock me up, Bergen... Yes. Promise me you'll bring me hot soup. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And a cold chisel. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't joke if I were you. No, no, I guess you're right. No. Who knows? I I may get 99 years. Or even worse, life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe even the... Maybe even the the, the the fireless cooker, huh? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Charlie, Charlie. Now, take it easy. I will help you. Good. If you're not guilty. 
Oi. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I better skip to South America. Yeah. No, Charlie. Remember, no matter where you go, your conscience will be right there beside you. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Well, then he'll have to pay his own way. Uh. <laughs> now, the first thing to find out is what they want you for. Yes. Have you done anything wrong lately? Me? Yes. Uh... <laughs> Naive, isn't he? <laughs> I have been leading a normal life. Normal? Yeah. So I must have done something wrong. Yes. <laughs> well, if I'm going to help you, Charlie, you'll have to tell me everything you've done. Yes, sir. So out with it. Well, sir... Uh, well, for one thing, there was a picture of a wanted bank robber in the post office. Yes. And, uh... What about it? Well, I... <laughs> I pasted a photograph of the chief of police over it. <laughs> That's not funny. No, sir. Is there anything else? Yes. Uh, I was the one who put the skunk in the school ventilator. Oh... <laughs> Causing vacation to set in. Yes. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Are you sure there isn't anything else? Well, last week I thought maybe the truant officer's car might run better if I let all that stale old air out of his tires. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's it. There must be something more. Well, now, let me think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stand back for this one, Dergan. Oh, there you are. Oh, I surrender. I surrender. Oh, oh, it's you, Ken. Yes. Oh, you scared me. Oh, sorry. Uh, Edgar, there's an important phone call for you. You can take it right here. Oh, thank you, Ken. Yes. Hello? Yes? The police? No, shh. You say you want Charlie. Oh, the noose is tightening. Yes, Charlie's right here. No, that does it, yes. When does the next bus leave for China? You're coming over. That's fine. He'll be here. Goodbye. So, you turned me in, didn't you? Why, you dirty stool, pigeon-toed, double-crosser, you... Now, Charlie, wait a minute. The, the police want you to appear. In the lineup, huh? No, no. It's at the policeman's ball. Yeah, I... have uh, A show? Yes. No. That's it. Oh, I got a reprieve, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the cops are my pals, yeah. You told them I'd be there, didn't you? Yes, of course. I told them that earlier today when they phoned. Yeah. You mean you knew it all the time? Yes, I did. And you let me confess all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Why, you... Don't you ever speak to me again, you stranger. Charlie, don't touch me, you Charlie. Don't touch me. Let go. Let go, you double-cross. Charlie. Don't talk to me, you... Charlie. I could tell the police all those things you confessed. Let's talk it over, pal, huh? <laughs> orchestra with a new arrangement of that old favorite, You've Got Me Crying Again.
Oh. Hello, Mr. Bergen. Well, Mortimer. Well, well, that's right. You don't look like yourself today. Well, hmm? <laughs> I say you don't look like yourself today. Well, that's good, ain't it? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Your face is all covered with bumps. What on earth happened? Well, I wanted to see what you had inside of them uh, white boxes down at the end of your yard. Oh, the white boxes? Yeah. You mean my beehives? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? They shouldn't have done it. No, no. Why, you should know better than to fool with them. Why, you're, you're foolhardy. Well, I'm more than a snurk. I know. <laughs> Those were bees. Huh? I say they were bees. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear a, a lot of buzzing? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was in my head. Oh, no. <laughs> that's one on me. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it goes, yeah. That's the way it goes, and I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why, there are hundreds of bees in each hive. Well, it looks as though they all tried to sting your face. Well, uh, for a while I didn't think I'd have enough face to go around. <laughs> well, when you disturb bees, they sting you. Yeah, I know that now. Yeah. But after they sting you, they die. No. Yeah. You mean my face scares them to death? No. No, Mortimer. There are a lot of things you should know about bees. Well, well. So I'll give you a few pointers. No, thanks. I've had enough pointers today. <laughs> bees belong to the Apoida family. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and their honeybees are called Apis mellifica. No. <laughs> Changes everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's a Latin name. Oh, they speak Latin too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> there are three types of bees. The most common are the worker bees. They just work their heads off. Mm. Well, that ain't the end they worked on me with. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's the queen bee. The queen lays about 3,000 eggs a day. Yeah? Yeah. Gosh, wait till I tell my hens about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the drone. You know what the drone is, don't you? Well, uh, the drone? Yeah. That's what the queen sits on. No, no, no. <laughs> That's the throne. Oh, throne. I can see that I'm just wasting my time with you, Mortimer. You are without a doubt... The most stupid person in the world. Well, maybe so. But uh, I never let it go to my head. No. Oh, uh, Edgar, I think I ought to tell you, W.C. Fields hasn't shown up yet. He hasn't, Ken? Well, that isn't like Bill. Well, maybe he stopped off someplace for a malted milk. Uh. Well, that isn't like Bill either. 
I believe I'll call his home and see what's wrong. Number, please. Oh, hello, operator. I want Burgundy 1928. <laughs> Burgundy 1928. Uh, Gee, I hope nothing's wrong. I hope so, too. I... Uh, hello. Oh, oh, hello. Who's this? I'm a real estate agent, Herkimer P. Escrow. Well, isn't this W.C. Fields' residence? As of last Monday, no. Mm. You see, his lease expired. Oh, I see. Well, aren't you going to renew it? Are you kidding? Uh, well, surely he didn't cause you any trouble, did he? Oh, no. For one thing, the neighbors became a little tired of his ridiculous exhibition of swan dives in the swimming pool. Oh, I see. Uh, well, what's wrong with that? There is no swimming pool. Oh, I see. <laughs> Well, can you tell me where Mr. Fields is staying now? Why, yes. He's at the Creeping Spring Sanitarium. Mm -hmm. And it may sound ironical, but his room number is H2O. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, Bergen, what's this about Mr. Fields, huh? Why, he's in a sanitarium. No. Yes. I wonder what's wrong. Well, I wonder what's wrong, too. Maybe a nasty case of hiccups, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He has his faults, but... He still is a great guy when you know him. Yes, he is, yes. His heart is as big as his nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we must run out and see him right away. We'll take him a box of nice chocolates. Yeah. Oh, he can't be that sick. Well, all right. <laughs> Charlie, will you help me with my lessons? Oh, I'd love to, Anita. But I'm going to see Mr. Fields. Don't you want to send him anything? Well, I could send him a little song. Oh, he'd like that. Especially Sweet Adeline. <laughs> Oh, well, I think this song is much prettier. Okay, Anita. You wrap it up nice and neat, and I'll see that he gets it. The magic moonlight was beautiful to see. A thrilling sky, a lonely sigh. And then I looked at you. The breath of springtime, the lilacs on the tree, the scent of roses, the music of the sea, they seem so rare beyond compare, and then I looked at you, to have to hold Just a fantasy And yet I hold I kiss you You're my reality And now the stars will be carpets for your feet The moonlit flowers Though lovely can't compete The breath of spring Had everything And then I
Why, this sanitarium has beautiful grounds, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I guess Mr. Fields' bungalow is right along here someplace. The even numbers are on this side. Yeah. Well, that's it there. Look, even the number is lit up. <laughs> I tell you what we'll do, Charlie. Let's walk in and surprise Fields. Yeah, that's what Give me my books. And my bottle. <laughs> oh, you! Hello, Bill. Hiya, Mister Fields. Oh, who goes there, friend or hypodermic? <laughs> Why, Bill? It's us, Bill. Fine thing. A man can't even sit in his own boudoir without being accosted by beggars. Yeah. Shall I let him have it now? Or... No, 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 no. Bill, it's your old friends, Edgar and Charlie. Well, well, so it is. Come in. Yes. It's good to see you. Oh, thank you. Well, Charles, I hear you got married and raised yourself a cord of children. <laughs> I, I fear that isn't quite true, sir. You fear it isn't quite true, sir. You fear anything I hate is a polite kid. Ah, <laughs> oh, Bill, it's good to see you again. How true that old proverb is. Old friends, like old wines, are best, huh? Yes, indeedy, Edgar. Yes, indeedy. Especially the wine. <laughs> Bill, I was going to bring you a basket of fruit, but I decided to ask you first what you like best and then have it sent out. Oh, I like uh, brandied peaches. Brandied peaches, yes. Yeah. They're very nourishing. Mm -hmm. Squeeze the peaches to yeah. save the juice. <laughs> Bill, you don't sound like you're ill. What are you doing here in a sanitarium? Oh, well, don't you know there's a housing shortage? Oh. <laughs> so that's why you're living here. You mean you're not really sick, Bill? Quiet. Oh, yes, yes if, if they think you're well, they'll toss you out of here, too, won't they? Surely. Yes. Say, I was told about your eviction, Bill. I'd like to hear your side of the story. Yes, we've already heard the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, my little chum. Very good, very good. You know, Charles, many's the time I wish you could be here to fill that terrible vacancy. In your heart, Mr. Fields? Oh, in my fireplace. <laughs> well, it would be nice. That'd be a nice place to bake that red apple. Or is it your nose? <laughs> Bill, why were you evicted from your home? Well, the whole thing started over a very few small birds. Uh -huh. You know, I've always been very fond of our feathered friends. Yes. Large, small, tame, wild. Blonde or brunette, yeah. <laughs> yes, I hear you have a yellow-throated magpie in your aviary. Yeah, what about a mongoose? 
Yes, I had one, but he worked himself to death. <laughs> Bill, you have quite a collection, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, I have, Edgar. I always have a very rare Australian duck filled platypus. Well, I'm sure the doctors can cure you. No, John. <laughs> no, there, there is such a bird. It has fur on its body, lives in the water, has a duck bill, and lays eggs. Uh, Yes, yes, like I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, how small is this bird? Do you have to have glasses to see it? Yes, about three or four. <laughs> Bill, what have the birds got to do with your eviction? Well, one day I was watching a bird through my field glasses. Yeah. When my vision accidentally roamed to a neighbor's patio, where a young damsel was taking a sun bath. Mm -hmm. It was an unavoidable mistake, I take it. Oh, yes, yes, indubitably. It was. I was the most surprised person in the world. When the police came and carried me away in that black school bus. Well, don't tell me you got in that patrol wagon without putting up a fight, Bill. Yes, they tricked me. How? Oh, they told me it was a beer truck. Dog. Clang, clang, clang. Clang, clang, clang. Hey, Fields, what's going on in there? Who's that, the warden? <laughs> Oh, that's my medicated chambermaid. Say, <laughs> tell me, Bill, uh, do you have a nice nurse, huh? She has the soul of an ice cube. <laughs> now, remember, boys, don't expose me. Oh, no, no, no. I'm supposed to be a very sick man. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So, you're sitting up, huh? Well, it looks like you're just about well. Isn't she a tough <laughs> uh, frankly, nurse, I don't think I'll last through the night. Good. Then I can rent this room out tomorrow. <laughs> That's no way to talk. He's a very sick man. Why, he's within three fingers of death's door. <laughs> Why, look, he's shaking like a mint leaf. Oh. Oh. Water! Water! What am I saying? Ah, <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> You're doing all right. How could you tell? This morning he tried to blow the foam off the medicine. Oh. <laughs> Now, just a minute, nurse. He's a sick man. You keep out of this, Curly. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I'm Edgar Bergen. Yes, I know, and I'm Lana Turner. Phil, why don't you pack up and go home? He can't go home. He was thrown out of there, too. <laughs> oh, so that's it. Why don't you close your knot hole, you talking totem pole? <laughs> Why, you two-legged martini? Now, Charlie. Remember, we came here to extend the olive branch. What's the use? He'll only trip over it. No. 
<laughs> One more crack, and I'll nail some runners on your stomach and use you for a sled. <laughs> you slay me, you. Hey, Charlie. Never been so insulted since the day I was born. Yeah, you weren't born. You were squeezed out of the bar rag. <laughs> Sunday when our guest will be Roy Rogers, King of the Cowboys. This is Ken Carpenter speaking to you from the Pasadena Playhouse, Pasadena, California. The National Broadcasting Company. All right, that was the Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show, originally broadcast March 24th, 1946. And I, one of the great pairings of all time in comedy in the 40s, actually going back to the 30s, and even into the, well, W.C. Fields died in 1946, I believe. This show was done, no, he died in early 47. I remember he was dead before I was born. But he had this great rivalry with Charlie McCarthy. And just as you heard there, the bantering would go back and forth. McCarthy would come up with these great lines about, uh, you know, him being a drunk. And the, the reply from Fields would be even greater uh, things about him being made out of wood. I remember one time he said, oh, your father was a gate leg table, you know, and uh, talking about wanting to put him in the fireplace and burn him. And Oh, my gosh. They were funny. They made a movie together, Edgar Bergen and W.C. Fields in 1939 called You Can't Cheat an Honest Man. And I'll tell you what, it would be worth about three bucks to watch that if you can't find it on Turner Classic Movies. And it does play there from time to time. I would I would go into Amazon Prime and spend three bucks for it because it is definitely worth it. Uh, you can't cheat an honest man. And uh, W.C. Fields, like I said, died just uh, about a year later. And that was just a great, great comedic pairing. Well, that are going to do it. We don't have no more radio shows to play for you this afternoon. But we do have a couple of songs to go out with, songs that were popular in 1946. In fact, they were so popular, each of these songs reached number one and stayed there for at least a couple of weeks. 
The first one is by a, a singer, entertainer, actress who was very popular, uh, especially in the late 40s, early 50s, and then kind of just fell off the earth. But it's Betty Hutton, and she was a real fan favorite. And uh, you're going to enjoy this song. Her songs oftentimes bordered on novelty songs. By the way, Carol and I were talking about this. In that period when we were little kids, at least when I was a little kid, I'm a couple, I have a couple years on my wife, I remember my mom singing a lot of songs that I thought were, for me, kid songs. But come to find out a lot of these songs were top-selling songs. Songs like uh, Three Little Fishies and A Mama Fishy Too, and they swam and they swam right over the day. That was a big hit for a while. And then there were songs like, uh, it, you know, uh, Swing on a Star, which we played the other day. You know, uh, if you don't go to school, you're going to be a mule or a pig. Or, uh, there was a lot of those songs that were popular, especially during and right after the war. Betty Hutton kind of fit in that genre very well. So the first song is by Betty Hutton. The second one is by Kay Kaiser in his orchestra or, or his band. I, I guess it was a band. And Kay Kaiser, uh, I remember my folks talking about a lot. But somehow he was never uh, a band leader that translated over like Glenn Miller did or Tommy Dorsey did to, to a later generation. But you go back and listen to Kay Kaiser, and he was great. And he used to call himself the professor. Oh, really great stuff. Sadly, he had health problems and retired from the industry in 1950, so that might be one of the reasons uh, we never heard him in the early 50s much. Well, anyway, his lead singer was a guy by the name of Mike Douglas. And yes, that's the same Mike Douglas that went on and uh, became a uh, very, very popular TV host. In fact, Mike Douglas uh, started his TV career in Cleveland, had a show there for a number of years. And it was a Westinghouse-owned station. So they syndicated the show to the Westinghouse uh, television stations around the country. There wasn't a lot of them at that time. Oh, here, I know I'm going to get some of the facts wrong. So let me just read this here. It says, Douglas next surfaced in 1961 in Cleveland, where a one-time Chicago colleague hired him for $400 a week as an afternoon television talk show host. The Mike Douglas Show rapidly gained popularity and ultimately national syndication on the five Westinghouse-owned stations. The show was broadcast live, <laughs> but this practice ended in 1965 after Zsa Zsa Gabor used the phrase SOB, except she didn't say SOB, she, she said it all, when referring to a stand-up comedian and comic actor Maury Amsterdam of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Westinghouse returned to Philadelphia on June 19, 1965, and moved the Mike Douglas show to that city. And that's where his show originated from for years and years. And he would have guest hosts. He had major stars on that show, just major stars. And um, everybody kind of remembers the Mike Douglas show. And he would have a guest host for a week. And I think one time, wasn't it John Lennon? Wasn't he one of the guest hosts for a week? Unbelievable. Anyway, so this uh, last song, it's a Hoagie Carmichael song, one of my favorites. And I can remember my mother singing this in the kitchen as she was working. And she had a pretty voice, and my mother used to sing all the time. 
And I, gosh, when I think back on it, she, when I, those memories, she was probably only in her 30s. <laughs> Isn't that something? But anyway, this is a, a song by, uh, by Kay Kaiser, and the lead singer is Mike Douglas, and it's a fabulous Hoagie Carmichael tune, and I love it by Hoagie Carmichael. But this one reached number one for two weeks late in 1946. All right, that's it. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. See you tomorrow for our old-time radio drama. Could love you any more than I do There's a barrel of fish in the ocean There's a lot of little birds in the blue And neither fish nor fowl Says a wise old owl Could love you any more than I do No, no, no It couldn't be true That anyone else could love you like I do I'm gonna warn all the dead-eyed dicks That you're the chick with the slickest tricks And every tick of my ticker ticks For you, follow through Tell the doctor to stick to his practice Tell the lawyer to settle his case Send the engine chief and his Tommy Hawk Back to little rain in the face
the good word tonight are you gonna be mellow tonight old buttermilk sky can't you see my little donkey and me we're as happy as a christmas tree heading for the one i love i'm gonna pop her the question that question do you darling do you do it'll be easy so easy If I can only bank on you, old buttermilk sky, I'm telling you why, now you know, keep it in mind tonight, keep brushing those clouds from sight, old buttermilk sky, don't feel me when I'm meeting you most, hang the moon above her hitching post, hitch me to the one I love. those clouds from side old buttermilk sky hang a moon above her hitching post hitch me to the one I love you can if you try don't tell me no lie will you be mellow and 